Welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle All By Myself again for this special holiday edition of the Heavy Hole Podcast. That's right, this is our Memorial Day Maryland Death Fest memory matinee. Brought to you by Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Big shout to Justin and Tom. They're over there having their little barbecue, having fun. I'm in the uh, cryptic death metal closet listening to death metal all day by myself with the lights off. Uh, as soon as I turn off this recording device to bring you my stroll down memory lane. That's right. Uh, shout out to Ryan and Evan and all the crowd at Maryland Death Fest. Some great memories over the years there, uh, as a lot of you have. And uh, we wish them the best. So in the spirit of uh, hoping Maryland Death Fest is off and running again next year, uh, all current events um, uh, that, that are going on, you know, we can't have it this year or last year. I'm going to give you a little stroll down memory lane with some of my favorite memories of Maryland Death Fest. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm going to list off all like the top 10 bands I've seen there. We've all seen great bands. And there's probably a lot of stuff you might you may have seen there that I didn't witness uh, because I haven't been to every Maryland Death Fest. I'm a total poser. A lot of the time I didn't go to Maryland Death Fest because one of my own bands maybe was... Uh, playing one of those like New York like local shows where the bands that are touring around Maryland Death Fest come through or something like that or I was working that weekend because I had a tour coming up with one of my bands I had to save money so I love Maryland Death Fest when I've had the opportunity to go and I've had the opportunity to uh, perform there once in uh, 2004 Biolich played the pre-fest and the fest. That was a beautiful experience. And then in 2015, Artificial Brain performed there. So I count myself as doubly blessed to have been there. Um, so shout to everybody there and shout to all you out there who miss our fests. Not even Maryland Death Fest, but all these the Netherlands and New Jersey, California, Las Vegas. Oh, there's all these fests everywhere, man. We all we want we want them back. So um in the spirit of trying to give you these special bonus holiday episodes, I figured this might be a good way to uh, talk about Memorial Day weekend. We're supposed to be remembering, uh, you know, years past, remembering those we've lost. So I'm going to bring you a stroll down memory lane. Um, and in the spirit of Memorial Day, shout to uh, anyone listening who may be themselves a veteran, a member of the armed forces. You may have lost a loved one, uh, even if you lost a loved one in the last year with this pandemic, man. So happy Memorial Day. And uh, we wish we wish everyone um, a better future going forward than what's going on now, man. But anyway, in the spirit of this episode, I did talk about staying in the cryptic death metal closet full of CDs and tapes. Uh, so I have to remind you guys, if you're listening to this in time, um, you can catch on Saturday night, this Saturday, Ken's Death Metal Crypt YouTube channel is having the Ken's Death Metal Crypt Crypt Fest at 7 p.m. Central Time this Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. That's with the bands uh, Exudurate, or Exudurate, if I said that right, Writhing Shadows, uh, Phobophilic and Wharf Lurch. I hope I got that right, man. But some some uh, Ken's Death Metal Crypt is great for bringing you those old demos dug up out of the ground, and also mixing it in with the, the the new younger talent in death metal. So he's doing that on his YouTube channel. You'll probably be able to access it after the fact at some point too. But you should look out for that. Um, and another plug: Afterbirth is playing our first show back uh, since this pandemic with Blame God, False Gods, Bowel Erosion, Orthopedic Cranial Encavement, uh, with four other local bands. Afterbirth is playing, um, a Syrup Head Recordings, uh, booked show at Mr. Beery's in Nassau County, Long Island, Saturday, uh, June the 26th, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's a matinee, so come early. So we got a couple of plugs out of the way. 
no further ado, I'm going to talk to you. We don't do the top 10 lists here at the uh, Heavy Hole Podcast, but I am going to give you my top 10, I guess I'll say, in no particular order. Uh, Maryland Death Fest, Matinee, Memorial Day, whatever I said, all that stuff, all right? And then I'm going to go get a fresh kielbasa from my favorite deli over there, the Euro Deli on Oak Street in Copag, and I'm going to throw that on the uh, the BBQ this year. Listen... Um, there was one year in particular, I want to say 2009, maybe 2011, you could look it up, I'm not, I'm not fact-checking all, the, you know, this is, this is the bonus episode, man, we're kicking back on Memorial Day, but you could look it up, both thrower played twice at, uh, uh, one particular Maryland Death Fest several years ago, it was great, I got to see both thrower play the outdoor stage, play a wonderful set, and I, I really, I, I felt like I truly realized their influence on so many other bands, you know, watching that set. Sometimes you see a band live, a classic band, and you kind of realize, like I saw Slayer live several years ago, and I, I kind of dawned on me how much black metal they influenced. You know, we know these things to be factual, but you actually hear it and see it live sometimes. It's an experience. And I felt that way about Bolt Thrower with how they influenced uh, so, like, so many death metal bands. So Bolt Thrower played the outdoor stage the one day i think it might have been the friday night the next day i do i believe it was asphyx may have canceled don't quote me on that but another band another bigger headlining death metal band could not perform and bolt thrower played a second set uh on the in indoors um the the next night and i got to see bolt thrower twice i remember they had merch there was like a line out the door for for bolt thrower t-shirts that year and that's going back like 10 years man bolt thrower the perennial favorite in the underground scene for so many people man um going back to 2015 i remember seeing portal playing um i forget the name of the particular building man it's gonna they're gonna kill me but you guys know the building if you've ever been to maryland death fest man it's like the indoor building with the big main stage where some of the bigger bands play and portal was the the last headlining band of the evening that night and they went longer than the actual set time i suppose and the uh whoever in the venue was responsible pulled the plug and uh, uh pulled all the the power out I guess somehow maybe of the PA, maybe, maybe that's what happened. They cut the PA and Portal continued playing and you could still get the sound out of their amplifiers and, and the drummer, obviously, but you couldn't hear the vocals really anymore and uh, you couldn't hear the, 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 the PA system, man. And Portal played and finished the song and it was a packed house full of metalheads uh, just watch every you could feel the energy man it was kind of it was a little confrontational you know like security wasn't really going to kick anybody out or shut everything down man you could kind of tell that they just they cut the power on the the pa system and once they finished the song that was it they started ushering everything out but portal um that was kind of a punk rock move on portal's part man they, they wanted to shut portal down and portal wasn't going to take it anyone who was there remembers that uh, and they even cut the power off on them, and they kept playing and finished out their song, man. It was a great way to see Portal, man. Powerful energy there, man. Um, another, speaking of powerful energy, another one of my favorite Maryland Death Fest Memorial Day matinee moments, I love saying that, uh, is Mortuary Drape. Um, the band, uh, don't quote me on their European black metal band, classic band, um, and uh, they came back and played Maryland Death Fest many years ago. And I remember they actually closed out a Sunday night. So it was like the end of the weekend. Everybody was partied out. People were ready to go home. You know those people that already left Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon to get a jump start on the drive home and all that. And uh, it was just the last true Blue Maryland Death Fest people. And um, we watched Mortuary Drape. And it was it was great. Mortuary Drape put on such an awesome 
uh, show. So much for, for, for the dark, haunting atmosphere that that band has. Also, so much energy, man. Uh, the, you know, they, they got a real sick pit going and uh, just they really turned it out for, for, for the last band that was closing out the whole party. Uh, of the weekend, man, they kind of had the odds stacked against them to get everyone's energy up, but they got it. And then after that, it was such a crash. When you walked out in the parking lot, you realized it was over. It was one of those things where you really wish there was a, a, a next day to it, a Monday after party show uh, to Marilyn Death. And Mortuary Drape brought it, and they made me a fan for life with that set. I walked in never having heard them. I just didn't want to go home. And I checked out Mortuary Drape, man, and they brought it. Um, so ticking them off here. Uh, let's talk about another one of my favorite. I'm saving the really uh, salacious ones for last. But in that same vibe of that last one, uh, one of the most wholesome moments I've ever had at Maryland Death Fest was uh, with one of the most unwholesome bands in existence of uh, extreme metal, the Godfathers of Murder Metal, Macabre. Uh, Macabre, um, great band. Um, I've always followed them and, and their career with some interest. I know they have some new material out. We have reached out uh, to interview them. Maybe we can get them on the program one day. Who knows? But um, I saw them in 2004, well, going all the way back. Uh, Macabre at, at one of the the original Maryland Death Fest that I first attended. And, um, uh, man, so much fun, man. Just they, they got a huge circle pit that just had probably, you know, three or four dozen people just running around the room. And shout out to Dave and Trevor Glading. I remember seeing uh, my good friends who I was palling around with there at that year. With uh, just, just everybody like looked like uh, kids with the, with the smiles on their faces, man. Just moshing and, and circle pitting to, to serial killer death metal from Macabre, man. Macabre, just such a powerful band. I was always a fan of Macabre before that. And then having seen them live, I really felt like I got this kind of... Uh, experience they were trying to bring people man and the musicianship when you really watch the musicianship that those guys bring uh macabre sometimes i feel like uh maybe they do a disservice to their musicianship and the type of death metal they're really capable of creating by bringing that kind of uh uh dark sense of humor to everything man and, and that offensiveness but that's what they're all about they're from the 80s and that's their whole vibe man i'm not gonna not going to talk about Macabre like that, but that was a great moment seeing Macabre in 2004. I'd love to see. I bet you Macabre still brings the same energy, man. Another, talking about more wholesome moments. I'm going to get some of the more wholesome moments out here before things get a little off the rails, all right? Just like a regular Memorial Day weekend. You know, you have the nice uh, uh, barbecue. You catch up with the relatives. Uh, you, you know, you talk to the kids. And later on the day... Someone breaks out the edibles or the, whatever, it gets a little crazy. So we're going to do that with this list here. Uh, saving the best for last. Now another, probably my most wholesome Maryland Death Fest matinee Memorial Day memory on here is um, eating carrots, eating baby carrots out of a bag with Lee Altamari, rest in peace, my departed friend uh, who was the guitarist of the band The Communion, classic Long Island, um, call him what you want, doom, grind, power, violence band. Um, when he was uh, still alive, he and I uh, attended Maryland Death Fest with a group of friends uh, many years ago. And, um, you know, sometimes you split off and, you know, you go, you go a different way. You meet other people, you know, you know, and you meet up back at the hotel or whatever with your group of friends that you travel with. But I was with Lee uh, in particular at the fest and we had just watched the, the, the grindcore band Kitzer, great grindcore band Kitzer. 
And um, Lee was hanging out with me in the hallway, uh, just between bands, and he had some baby carrots on him. You know, Lee, Lee was a, a he had a very bad uh, diabetes, so he had like he would drink uh, uh, Miller Ultralights because that was the only beer he could drink, and he would only drink a few, and he would have he, he ate his baby carrots, I guess. So we're sitting there. He offered me one. I'd be polite. I was eating. And then the singer of Kitezer comes over. And uh, we shook his hand. Hey, good set, man. And Lee offered him a carrot. And the guy took a carrot. He said, hey, you know, it was, it was just, I don't know, I guess he had to be there, man. It was probably one of the most wholesome grindcore moments of my life, looking back, is he eating baby carrots with the singer of Kitezer and uh, my good, de- dearly departed friend, Lee Altamari of the Communion at Maryland Death Fest. Um, so moving along, let's see what we got. We got the carrots. We got macabre, mortuary drape. Portal, bolt thrower times two. Um, now it's going to get a little weird. Uh, Maryland, going back again to that first Maryland Death Fest pre-show in 2004 at the Sidebar. Shout out to the Sidebar in Baltimore, man. I love the Sidebar. One of my favorite venues um, ever since there. My first time at the Sidebar was that pre-fest Maryland Death Fest show 2004. Uh, I believe it was Siopus. Amoebic Dysentery, Behold the Arctopus, uh, my own band Biolich played, Copremesis, if I got that right, um, and Amoebic Dysentery. Biolich had just performed, so I was uh, taking a break outside of the venue on the side of the club on the street, and I was actually on the phone with Adam Rotella's younger brother, shout out to Aaron, and um, I forget, I was just talking to him on the phone outside of the club. And the amoebic dysentery guys had a van or a truck or something, and they were in the back of it, and they had buckets of mud, of dirt, and they were mixing it with water and smearing it all over themselves. Because amoebic dysentery is a classic American gore grind band, I believe from Georgia, uh, that were scatologically uh, themed in their aesthetic, to put it to put it uh, lightly. So. Uh, I just remember being on the phone with uh, with, with my friend Adam, uh, his younger brother, man, and, and just being like, yeah, these guys are putting mud all over themselves to make it look like shit, man. And um, he was like, wow, that's pretty, you know, he was kind of, you know, his older brother was, was the, the founder of Gore Noise, you know, so he was kind of just inclined to say, wow, that's pretty wild, man. But that was definitely a Maryland Death Fest memory, amoebic dysentery. Um, moving down the list, it's going to get weirder now. Uh, I have... I, traveling back and forth to Maryland Death Fest over the years um, has been uh, it's, it's, it's been a learning lesson for me it's been a journey uh, for me so uh, I take the, I used to take the Amtrak still would uh, you know in di- different circumstances obviously no one's taken anything anywhere with the pandemic for the, for the for the Maryland Death Fest this year but I took the Amtrak which for the listeners who don't know that's in the United States that's like a uh, North American, Canadian, United States uh, train line that you can take for long trips um, to different states, different areas. And uh, people who don't like to fly, sometimes it's cheaper than flying. You hop on the Amtrak. And I've taken that down to Maryland Death Fest a few times. The first time, I remember I was coming straight from work. So I had a bag packed and I took it to work. And I was dressed in, a, you know, I had a, like a button-up, nice shirt, slacks, and dress shoes. And I, I hopped right on the train. Drove, drove to the train station from work, got on the Amtrak at Penn Station in New York City, and I'm on my way to Baltimore, and I had packed a beer for myself, and it was like, it was one of those beers with a monk on it, it was a dark beer that I got from the from the uh, beverage place, because I thought I was cute with it, and, I, and I'm, I'm sitting there on the train, there's a bunch of people on the train, and I try to pop this beer discreetly, 
and it foams up and goes up all over my clothes, all up all over me on the train, and it stinks. It's a dark beer. And and, uh, I'm, and I take out, I had like a white T-shirt in my duffel bag, and I took that and just tried to sop it all up and mop it all up as best I could. It was it was pretty embarrassing. And um, and I threw it, threw it in the garbage, and now I just stink like beer. The whole cart stinks like beer. People knew it was me. It, 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 was, it, it sucked. It happened years ago. And, um, and I didn't have my beer. And, and um, then I got down there, and my first priority was going to see bands. Now, I didn't want, you know, my friends were at the hotel room uh, and had gone and dropped their stuff off and were watching bands. I was meeting them down there, so I took a, a taxi. That was before Uber and all that back then. I took a taxi to the Maryland Death Fest with my bag, and I, I walked in. I believe I saw malignancy, maybe, man. I was still all my work clothes covered in beer. And because I had beer all over, I just ended up wearing my dress clothes to Maryland Death Fest for like the next day, I think, before I changed. It was it was pretty fun, man. It was great. And spilling beer all over my work clothes became a thing, too. So the Maryland Death Fest started on the train, man. Then there was also the year I took an Amtrak down with my friend Peron of uh, P2 Records. Shout out to him. Um... Uh, God bless him and Paulo for suffering me that year, man. I was a bad uh, uh, travel companion, and, I, and we got we started the, the the journey getting on the Amtrak. They have a quiet car when you take Amtrak for people who just want to sleep or nap out or zone out. I don't know if they still do, but it was the quiet car. And for some reason, we got on that, not realizing it was the quiet car, and we just started started talking and 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 and, and, and having conversations about metal. We were excited for Maryland Death Fest, and the conductor comes over. He goes, "Excuse me, guys." He goes, "Could you keep your voice down? This is the quiet car." He's like, "Okay, man." And then I'm saying, oh, "Okay, Peron, man. Yeah, I'm still I'm still pretty psyched about Maryland Death Fest, man. What about this band? Look at the schedule, da da da." And the guy comes over and he goes, "Hey, man, you got a deep voice, and it's just booming, man. Could you just go to another car? This is the quiet car." And he was kind of pissed because it's like kind of stupid to go to the quiet car and have a conversation, especially with my frog-like voice so we got up and we had to leave the quiet car man just and then the whole weekend was just me i think there was a situation where allegedly there was an apple uh that allegedly might have been used uh as a pipe you know you could take an apple and hollow it out or whatever and it was left in the hotel room and confiscated by a maid that was something that may or may not have happened all the crazy stuff in maryland death fest which gets me into the next Maryland Death Fest memory. I'm not going to name names, but say I was allegedly in a, in, a, in another universe in uh, a science fiction-themed dissonant death metal band. And we went down to Maryland Death Fest to push a promo uh, one-song single that we made in 2011. Maybe that would have happened. I don't know. Uh, maybe we would have allegedly been really excited to go see Cephalic Carnage to the point that we allegedly ate some weed brownies. I don't know. Maybe that's something that would have happened in this fictional hypothetical universe that I'm talking about. But if we did, so so anyway, we ate, we, we ate the weed brownies. And we were all psyched to go see Cephalic Carnage, uh, but we ended up chilling in the hotel room and all kind of falling out and just and just like chilling because we had been day drinking and then we ate these brown and it was a wrap so we kind of we like they say with dj khaled we played ourselves uh so we we but in a way i always tell people too like maybe the perfect way to see cephalic carnage is to be a mile away in the hotel room on too much weed brownies too much edibles i don't know maybe we did it right maybe we're the only ones who ever did it right i don't know um, but speaking of, get, of doing it right, <clears throat> something I never did right. I did well. Something I something I didn't do right the time I did it. Uh, I did something a little foul one time. 
Not proud of it. Kind of proud of it and not proud of it. It's weird. I went down to Maryland Death Fest. I'm not going to say what year, but I went down with a, with a little crew of people, stayed in a hotel room, um, and it was, you know, sometimes loose stuff happens. You know, sometimes you say, hey, that's my, that you know, that those are my beers. Who, you know, where'd they go? You know, you say, that was those, you know, where'd, those, where'd the chips go? Where'd that food go? You know, there was a little bag here with some uh, tea in it. Where'd that go? I don't know. You know, things things happen, right? And, um... And then sometimes, and then when that when that happens to you, and something's gone of yours, you know what I mean, you feel a little entitled. Maybe you'll give out, you know, whatever's left. You, you, you go to the fridge and say, well, you know, I'm going to drink the beers that are there. You know, you ever been in a situation like that? You know, someone's someone's wheezing your juice, so you wheeze, wheeze a little juice on the side there. So, uh, what happened was, I think we were supposed to somehow monstrosity was supposed to come back to the hotel room and hang out with this big crew of people or with somebody in it. And it was me alone in the hotel room alone. And I didn't know Monstrosity was coming. Um, I had just gone back to the hotel room. To, you know, we all had key cards to the hotel room and our stuff was there. So sometimes you go back on, on your own, take a shower, change, do what you got to do. And I was just chilling. And I had a little bottle. I had a bottle of E&J brandy that I used to drink. I wouldn't drink it now. It's too much for me now. But I had a little bottle. I was just chilling, drinking, reflecting on how maybe some of my stuff had, 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 had been missing. Some of my food and my drinks had been missing the previous day. And then there's a knock on a knock on the door. Who is it? It's members of classic Floridian death metal band Monstrosity. Oh my God! Well, what's up, dudes? I just saw you guys on stage performing music. That was, you know, a great set. Invite them in. Look in the refrigerator. Oh, there's beer. I don't know who you're supposed to meet, but they're not here yet. But help yourself to these beers, fella. So me and Monstrosity drank, or the members of Monstrosity drank all the beers. Man, I gave them. I gave those guys mad beers out of the fridge. And, uh, and I remember one of them even saying, like, yeah, well, yeah, those were, this is, you're hearing it on Heavy Hole Podcast, uh, Memorial Day, Maryland Death Fest memory matinee for the first time. Those were not my beers, monstrosity. And, um, and we didn't really, not like we really made bros for life and kept in touch. Like, when I reached out to Lee Harrison for the monstrosity interview that we did a few months ago, it wasn't like we remembered each other. I'm not even sure if he was there. It was probably the other guys from monstrosity, but it was a long time ago anyway, man. And nobody cares because we, we, we've all bought beers for me and the crew of people who were in that hotel room and whoever's beer it was. We've all bought beers for each other at plenty of shows since then. But that was, that was a great memory for me, man, was just kind of being surprised by monstrosity knocking on the hotel door come on in guys and let me give you all this beer because i don't care anymore because someone drank my beer the other day and uh and we and we hung out it was great man and i was we were talking about florida and mowing lawns and great like gr- lawn mowers and grass fertilizer but anyway a very memorial day appropriate anyway taking you through i got a few more here uh bolt thrower portal let's see i'm trying to get down to the number one i think i'm down to the number one um, Memorial Day, Maryland Death Fest, Memory Lane Matinee um, mashup that I'm doing here today. And it's a crazy one. It's one we've already discussed in detail on the show. You can go back to uh, the last episode we did. It was when We've had Polo Paguntalan on the show a few times, and the last time it was actually Polo in the hole, like interviewing Polo. He's been on as kind of a guest expert consultant about death metal a few times for the ping episodes but if you've listened to that episode you've already heard his version of events um and you can go back and listen if you haven't and get a, a more fleshed out where you get his account of events in 2004 the maryland death fest opening up the show the pre-fest show so the first actual act 
I believe, if I remember correctly, of the pre-fest 2004 Maryland Death Fest at Sidebar in Baltimore, Maryland, was Cop Premises, Paulo Paguntalan's old band that we discussed in our episode with him. And um, I knew it was going to get weird. How weird? I did not know. Paulo, they performed a few songs. Then they brought uh, members of Vomit Remnants in to do a Vomit Remnants cover. I think he just gave them microphones to do the vocals or something. And Paulo got naked um, in the sidebar, which for the listeners who have not been to the sidebar, it's a very small, like, like picture your local small neighborhood bar um, where you could have a band play but not really crowd a whole lot of people in just a nice Friday night neighborhood bar type of place. It's not a huge venue with a stage and barriers between the artists. No, you're like on the floor of a kind of a neighborhood bar. Um, and Paula was just out there butt naked, swinging in the wind, performing with a microphone, doing the vocals, and they did the song. And... Um, uh, and Paulo, you, you, there's a whole epilogue to that story, how it affected Paulo's life afterward. And I'll let you go back. You can listen to our latest episode with Paulo from several months ago, uh, Paulo in the Hole, where we interview him about kind of his life story and we go through cop premises. Uh, you, you can check out and kind of go go more into that. And and it's it's crazy, man. But but it has a great ending because uh, it ends up with all these year, all these years later, Paulo is still in the mix and a good guy and my bro. So. That's it, pretty much. That's what I wrote down. I tried to write down 10. We don't do top 10 lists here on the on the Heavy Hole. There's plenty of other platforms that do that. We kind of try to avoid that. It seems like a little bit of an easy way out. But for this bonus episode, I thought it would be a good idea. Um, 10 of my favorite Maryland Death Fest memories. As you can see, I stayed away from bands unless it was something special, like Portal getting the power shut off, or Bolt Thrower playing twice unexpectedly, or um, Macabre doing a particularly wholesome circle pit memory with my, my, my friends, the two twin brothers, Dave and Trevor, moshing with... Uh, glee on their faces, but but um, you know we've seen so many great bands at Maryland Death Fest over the year, man, and we hope to in the future. And as I said, I have not attended every Maryland Death Fest. There were several where I was out on the road with my band or playing shows or just working or whatever, man. So um, if there's something that you wanted to hear me talk about, but it turns out I I wasn't there for, leave it in the comment section here. Um, go go to the social media. Uh, we're on IG, we're on Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, all that, man. You know, let, let us know what your favorite Maryland Death Fest memory is. Um, or leave it on the voicemail, man. You can go to heavyholepodcast.com uh, for the voicemail number. Leave us a voicemail about your favorite Maryland Death Fest memory or just vent about something that's bothering you in the scene right now, in metal or just in life. Recommend an album, talk about whatever. Um, uh, or if you want to go to heavyholepodcast.com, there's also links to the Patreon where you can get other bonus episodes like this. Uh, we try to keep Justin and Tom in the mix, not just me yakking by myself on the bonus episodes. This week, there was, uh, it was just how the schedule worked out, and I wanted to get this particular content to you. So... Uh, all that on heavyholepodcast.com, plus the links to the usual uh, Instagrams and social medias and all that stuff you want to do. Or hit us up with uh, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. All right, tough guy? So we want to wish you, on behalf of Heavy Hole Podcast, uh, and on behalf of my buddies Justin and Tom, who are behind the scenes editing this and doing the art and doing the, uh, the internet work and all that sort of thing, we want to wish everybody happy Memorial Day. Um, and uh, in memory of those we've lost, man. So uh, respect to all you guys, and uh, that's about it, man. I th- I, do I have any more Maryland Death Fest memories for this Memorial Day matinee? 
I'm gonna keep it to myself. I do have just one. 